Watch podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch podcast, we are going to be discussing an article from the August issue of the Beef Watch newsletter titled Managing Summer Calving Herds During the Breeding Season. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by Dr. Travis Molnix, who's a University of Nebraska beef cattle nutritionist focused on range production systems. Thanks for joining me today, Dr. Molnix. Thanks for having me, Aaron. Dr. Molnix, the topic we're going to talk about today is one that I think increasingly I hear for producers is a major issue for them. As we look historically in Nebraska, I would say over the last 15 to 20 years, we've seen a shift in many herds in terms of their time of calving. What traditionally or long-term had been a March-April calving herd or maybe February-March has now moved to April-May or May-June. With that shift in calving date, we've also changed the time of breeding. That shift in breeding is now occurring later in the summer when forage quality tends to be on the decline. And this has resulted in some challenges, especially for young cows in getting bred on pasture. Share with us some of the research that's been done at the Goodmanson Sandhills Lab looking at this issue and also what you see as potential management practices producers can utilize to mitigate some of the challenges they're seeing with breed up in young cows. Yeah, you know, a lot of producers are moving out of those spring calving herds from getting away from some issues, but discovering there, there's other issues or challenges they're faced when they move out of one. So there's always problems and challenges we have to overcome with any calving season and understanding those is really important how to adapt to those and how to deal with them and still be highly productive and sustainable in your operation. And one of the things we find is that we move out of that spring calving system and a summer calving system, we shift, you know, those nutrient inputs or, or intake of you know, our, our highest quality forages are in uh, mid-June. And then we decline sharply through that. And so by 1st of August, when many bulls are being turned out on summer calving herds is that we're on a negative plane of nutrition, meaning that intake, nutrient intake is less than requirements. And we can see that to be a challenge of cows recovering from calving and cycling early enough or maintaining pregnancy during that breeding season. And we often see pregnancy rates, especially in young females, this being the lowest uh, or lower than they were in, in a March or February calving season. So historically, you know, Goodmanson has had, for the last uh, eight, nine years, Goodmanson has had a, a March calving herd and May calving herd. And that's given us the ability to look at those challenges across a, a spring and summer calving herd. And we look at the long-term preg rate differences. Um, our, our May calving uh, young cows are, are somewhere around 15% percentage points lower in preg rates than their counterparts in, in the March system. And that really has to do with nutrient quality during the breeding season. We um, think about our spring calving herds, they, they calve in a lower plant nutrition in a lower quality situation, but by the time May and June hit around, when bulls turn out, you know, that they're on a positive plane gaining body weight and preg rates tend to be a little higher. It's the opposite for the May system where they're calving in May on top of some of our higher quality forages. And so they typically are in a lot better body condition score by uh, start breeding, but the, the nutrient quality is not there. 
uh, by, by time bulls get turned out. And so that, that becomes a challenge that, that they're losing too much body weight or, or a rapid decline. And, and so it's, in, in some ways, it's so much easier to get those thin spring calving cows bred uh, due to the direction of body weight where the May, May cows are losing body weight during that breeding and so we're, we're looking at different self-dishing strategies that can alleviate um, some of those challenges and do it very cost-effective. Um, and, and so what we've covered in that article is it's just not a protein issue. Uh, so, so two things are deficient in a May calving or during the breeding season within a May calving herd is that one, we're deficient in metabolizable protein and we're going to be deficient in energy. And so if I came in with a supplement that was high in rumen degradable protein, like uh, alfalfa or cotton, uh, cotton seed meal, um, soybean meal, if I came in with those as a protein source, they're, they're not going to alleviate the issue of being short of metabolizable protein. What will is supplements or protein supplements that are high in rumen undergradable protein, like distiller's grains, some of our animal byproducts that we still feed. Uh, corn gluten mill, those feedstuffs will help meet those deficiencies in towel pro, uh, protein. Um, and then we're still short on some energies. And that's where distillers really plays a, a beneficial role in these systems. And, and likely for Nebraska, distillers has been easily to, uh, uh, to get at a lower cost. And there's become more and more a challenge on that or the incre- there's an increased cost of that. But the distillers plays a big role in, in meeting those deficiencies of those cows. Dr. Mullen, as you think about how much we need to supplement, what's a target in terms of trying to provide adequate amount to meet a young cow's needs from a supplementation standpoint and see a response in terms of improvement in pregnancy rates? Yeah, so it really depends on, uh, you know, what's that quality of forage, and everything is dictated off that quality of forage, but as we progress from first um, of July to August, that need is increased, and so to meet that deficiency, you know, we're, we're probably supplementing from two to, to up to five pounds in some circumstances, depending on your power requirements, to, to fully meet that, that uh, um deficiency in that requirement. Now, th- there's probably some lead way to that is if I turn bulls out first of August, as long as I have my cow cycling early enough, there, there may be a little gift to that, a little flexibility that, that I'm not feeding five pounds at the end of breeding. Um, but you're probably somewhere between two to five pounds per day of uh, a, dist- a straight distillers to, to meet that requirement. And that that's the challenge, right? Is or if they're that deficient in protein and energy during that last part of the breeding season that takes a lot of distillers to meet that deficiency. Dr. Mullenix, as we think about other nutritional strategies, things like maybe changing where we're grazing, if we're in the sand hills, could we use some uh, meadows? Could we do something different with our genetic packages? What are some other systems approaches as we think about this issue that producers might want to consider as I think about a long-term change to try to correct or address this. Yeah. So, you know, we're lucky in the Sun Hills have some irrigated meadow and the be primary a cool season forage type that will be slightly higher quality in that time frame than our 
upland range. But when you look at the nutrient flow of either protein or metabolized protein and energy, we're still going to be deficient in, in both metabolized protein and, and we're going to be deficient in energy. So some, some uh, data from here shows really no difference in reproductive performance between the two. And that really goes back to we're not really making a big change in metabolized protein or energy by grazing some irrigated meadow. Um, some, some other avenues for that is if we're moving out of a spring calving herd, the, the type of cow that fits in summer has to change. And it's really due to, you know, when's the peak nutrient requirement of lactation. So 60 days after calving is her peak re requirement. And, and making sure that our forages are, are meeting those requirements. And, and from a summer calving herd, due to that sharp uh, decline in forage quality from the 1st of July, um, we need a cow that's going to have less requirements. And so that's primarily from the range cow side, that's going to be lactation requirement. And so we've really got to focus on selecting for moderate to low milking animals within those herds because of the impact that milk production has on reproduction and performance. And that can really cause some issues with breed backs. Uh, uh, milk production is highly tied to cows' ability to recover from calving. Um, and in those systems, when we're on a low-quality uh, forage, like, um, like in the Sandhills during, during July and August, uh, milk, milk production can really cause some uh, delayed conception dates. So cows either get bred early or they don't get bred at all. Uh, and, and we can have some really strong out calving dates because of that. It caused some issues down the line of rebreed the following year because cows got bred late, calved late, and didn't have enough time to recover and cycle early enough. Um, and so that's one thing is look at your genetic potential, especially for milk. And am I selecting or using bulls that, that fit that new environment that I've changed to? Um, and there's some other things to look from a supplementation standpoint, along with a, a supplementation package that's going to be high in energy and high in rumen undergrade gradable protein, it would be like ionophores. Um, ionophores will help with energy efficiency. And, and they've been show, shown in multiple studies of increasing reproductive efficiency in range cows. So adding an ionophore package to your uh, supplementation strategy in those herds can really have a big impact of, of in, increasing that energy intake and energy use, but also um, providing some energy for reproductive performance. Dr. Molinix, what other resources would you point producers to to learn more about this issue and maybe give them some information to think through and evaluate as they consider their own management situation? Right. We, we've done a number of podcasts and beef watch articles about moving into that summer calving herds. Uh, and, and so search the beef watch new, newsletter. Um, and, and there's a, a few beef reports in the last few years that we've written about those nutritional challenges of, of the difference between a March and a May calving herd and, and what that looks like for that, uh, that time period during the uh, breeding season. Um, and so th those would be your, your best options of looking for more information or, or reaching out to uh, your local regional extension educator for more information. 
Thanks again for joining me today, Dr. Molnix. Yep, thanks for having me, Aaron. For more information on the topic that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I would encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. At the website, you can find more information on this topic.